It's time for the What in the Podcast. Tonight we're going to continue our little haunted road show with a special guest. Her name is Eleanor Wagner. She is an author, a lady ghostbuster, and a paranormal uh, host on a podcast, I believe. Well, live and a, show and a, live show and, too. And, a, and, a, and a broadcast, we'll say that. Yeah. But anyway, um, we hope you a enjoy A woman tonight. of many hats. Yes, she wears many hats. More hats <laughs> than I want to wear. <laughs> anyway, we hope you, tonight, you enjoy tonight's episode. Welcome to episode 102 of What in the Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> it's been a day uh-huh. and then some, mm-hmm. yep, but that's okay. That <laughs> so, um, before we begin, I actually wanted to talk about last week's episode. Yes. Um, our, our little excursion to Bethany's haunted home sweet home or, or home sweet haunted home. Home sweet haunted was. house. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. home sweet haunted home. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of the experience? Oh, my stars. It was good. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go back, but I, I'm, I want to go back, but I don't want to go back into that other room by myself. At least after dark, the, the the rose room. It did seem to change it. I night. was t- in there taking those pictures, and that's when I got that one. She said she had the the mirror closed, so I said, "Okay, well, let's see if I can get anything." Right. So I stood off to the side so you couldn't catch me in the mirror, and I took a uh-huh. picture of the mirror. So and the bed, and it was the bed and the wall, and there's something between the bed and the wall, and I just I couldn't get out of there fast enough. My I didn't even look at the picture till after I I was just in there taking pictures, and my skin was crawling. Uh-huh. So, and then the big moth tried to dive bomb me and I couldn't catch it to kill it. So, Mothra, a mini Mothra was in there. Tracy, <laughs> Tracy, did you happen to get any images or are you just recording audio that night? I was just recording audio. I was not recording, um, taking any pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back like three times. <laughs> I want to go back when we do our like, you know, group invasion. Mm-hmm. I want to go back with people in my house. Um, because I know that all but one of them would thoroughly enjoy it. Which one wouldn't enjoy <laughs> <The> it? <laughs> my, my bug would not enjoy it. The bug oh. would, would be, you know, the first to be out the door with a nope uh, and long legs going downhill as fast as he could. She could. Like, I'll go wait in the so, car. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. And then I want to go a third time. Just, just me, you know, take two nights there and just relax. So. So, yeah. When we did the recording, we also included that audio at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm if add if the you folks listening didn't listen to that, I don't blame you. It's <laughs> a lot. It was long. It yes. is long, yes. We didn't edit anything so that you could actually, you know, hear, 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 hear the bits, the, the really good bits. For yourself. 
But um, Tracy, you can give us some highlights about what was heard. So, so I was listening to it while working at Evangeline. So I'm fixing costumes and have it playing, and I'm hearing things like, within seconds of telling you know, of walking away and going to the front room or to, to the solar where we're sitting in you know the, the living room, and we begin talking. You hear a tapping. Now that might or might not be the moth. But then you hear like what sounds like a ball drop and roll across the floor. Well, that wasn't the moth. That wasn't any of us. You hear a sigh. You hear weirdly that, that if every time a car would go by, the the speaker would pick up. Now that's nothing unusual except that every time a car goes by, suddenly you can hear us like we're much closer, like the phone was moved closer down the hall and then back every time except for when i'm hypothesizing about something and i'm staying muted car goes by there's other sounds i'm still got this little more 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 until you guys start talking and all of a sudden oh we have to hear this <laughs> so it's like whatever was there was controlling the volume of the recording yes um there is a part where I, I need to find a way to, to, to actually play or do the play back backwards because it sounds like an answer was given to a question down the hall, but it sounds like the answer was reversed. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't have that tech to, to wind it backwards and see, you know, hear what it says. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you know, there, there's a lot of things like there was a snap. There was a, like a, a a hand clapping to get your attention, a loud clap. Well, we're down the hall. We're nowhere near it. Mm -hmm. You can hear when, when Adrian goes down the hall. To go you potty. can hear when I go down the hall. <laughs> but you can't hear what made the clap. Mm -hmm. um, there's another size. We're making a comment down, down in the, the front room, like uh, a, a comment made on the, the, the what we're talking about types thing. But the, what got me the most was when I had stopped the recording, my battery was, you know, this is, yes, it's a new phone or newer phone, but the battery is not the best. Right. You were, you were pretty low, phone. right? You were pretty yeah, low. So when, it was, when, when we got there, instead of taking on the tour, it was charging. It was at 13%. It was brought up to like 62 ish percent or thereabouts. Um, when I put it down the hall in the solarium and told to record, the two hours of recording, it went down to 59%, which is insane because it will drop faster than that sitting there in my pocket. Mm -hmm. So, so whoever was around or whomever was around, was feeding it instead of taking energy from it, which is pretty, pretty cool. Well, Elsie uh, said that that happens though. Yeah. And, and the, the next part was, was after I stopped recording, I, you know, I told it to record as I'm walking from room to room asking questions. Now I didn't get answers, but I did get, I'd ask a question and it was, it's still recording that the, the minutes are, or the seconds are clicking by. But suddenly there's no sound bar because it's got like a little uh, voice meter. And suddenly it's no longer making the sound bar go. It's suddenly quiet. 
and okay, well, how about you over here and move around? You can hear my footsteps. You can hear me go to the next room, hear me bump into Kent, ask a question. Adri and Elsie's voices get muted down, like drastically muted down mm -hmm. as I'm trying to ask that, you know, wait for an answer for the question. And then, okay, well, I'm moving on. If you don't, if you want to answer, you better, you know, wiggle your tail feathers. At which point, um, I believe that it got even quieter again on the conversation from Adri and Elsie, which is pretty, pretty darn awesome if you ask me. It means something was reacting to it or, or interacting with it, but I couldn't get an answer. I would have loved to have gotten an answer. Mm -hmm. But that's all there on the end, so, you know. And that happens. Pretty I mean, awesome. Sometimes you don't get an actual voice, but you'll hear sounds and things like that. Exactly. Or in this weird event, the sounds go away. <laughs> yep. Oh, well. Oh, Bless blessings. <laughs> it's okay. So, tonight, we're going to continue. <laughs> we're continuing to blessings. sneeze. <laughs> what? So tonight we're continuing to sneeze. <laughs> no. Tonight we're continuing our little ghost hunting adventure with uh, with an interview. Uh, her name is Eleanor Wagner. She is uh, not only an author of several books on the paranormal, she is a ghost hunter in her own right. She is the head of the Lady Ghostbusters. Don't let the name fool you. They don't actually hunt ghosts. They are paranormal investigators. And uh, along with that, she also uh, writes, uh, she has written a children's book, a thriller, and she hosts two different shows, um, one on the Paranormal UK, and I think, yeah, Paranormal UK, I think, is the network, and the other on Coast to Coast, a live show. So we're going to get to that interview right now. This is Elsie Dodd, and let's get this started. This is not Elsie Dodd. I'm sorry. It's not Elsie Dodd. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still thinking of last week. This is Eleanor Wagner. You lost your mind. Sorry, Eleanor. Apologies. <laughs> Let's get with Eleanor right now. We're here tonight with Eleanor Wagner. How are you doing tonight, Eleanor? Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an author. I'm a podcaster and a paranormal investigator. And they all kind of happened around the same time. I mean, I've been writing since the seventh grade, but I published my first book in 2015 and decided to write a book on true where I live and include my own personal experiences. And it just kind of took off from there. Okay. That kind of broke up a little bit. So you're saying that you uh, writing about your personal experiences in, in the area around where you live? I'm writing about my own personal experiences, but also the true accounts of others in the community. So I kind of put okay. it out on social media. There were people in the local area that wanted to share their haunted stories because everybody loves a good ghost story, right? Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Well, oh, yeah. Especially if it's a true one. And I had all my own personal experiences to share, but I, I love buying the latest ghost stories in every area that I visit. So I thought, well, maybe the readers would like to hear about the ghost stories in my community. And when I put it out there on social media, people came out of the woodwork and started telling me their stories. And I started compiling folders for different communities. And so I wrote Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena Part 1 in 2019. And then during COVID, I wrote Part 2. 
I stopped for a little bit in Warren County, which came out last Halloween, and now I have some coming up this Halloween. Oh. Okay. What was the last one? I'm sorry. It broke up again. The last one was Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, which came out last Halloween. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. So must be a pretty haunted area then. Yeah. Three but you books. Know what? Every area really is haunted. Every area has its own little special um, stories that they, they have happening in people's homes and businesses that people like to share. So I don't think there is any place that isn't really haunted. Know what I mean? Oh, we, we know perfectly Somebody well has what you died mean. <laughs> everywhere. The earth is old and there is someone that has died everywhere. That's my theory. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What I like to do is I like to talk about the landscape of the, uh, the um, life there and then the, the spirits that reside in the land. People really like that historical part because I like to talk about um, the history of the town, the history of the location, if I'm able to do it. And then I talk about the people's hauntings. And then if my paranormal, if the lady Ghostbusters could go in there and do an investigation, then I can tell the readers what it is that we, while we were there. Mm -hmm. So, so tell us about the lady Ghostbusters. Um, what are they comprised of? Okay. The lady Ghostbusters started in 2019 when I was writing the first book. I actually was talking to, I was interviewing um, the scientist president of the Sterling Hill Mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. And he was telling me how scientists believe in this stuff, but he has the plane and he invited my paranormal team to come and do an investigation to see what we could unearth. And I took him up on that and arranged a date, but I didn't have a paranormal team at the time. <laughs> so I had to kind of pull it together at the last minute. And what I did was I had reached out to some paranormal investigators I had worked with on private investigations over the years and then i invited people that i had interviewed for that original book because there are a lot of people that are average people just you and i who are very sensitive to spirit and i'm sensitive to spirit but i'm not nearly as gifted as some of these others when i invited them they came along for the um for the journey and stayed and that's how the lady ghostbusters was established i just kind of started calling them the lady ghostbusters because at the time it was really a bunch of ladies and since then, um, we've picked up some men, and they're fine being paranormal investigators with the Lady Ghostbusters. And there's probably about a good 10 solid members that have been with me. Really around the community, um, in Sussex County, Warren County, Pasea County, uh, Morris County, Hunterdon County, just the surrounding counties where I live. We probably go as far as an hour out when we get calls. I go to businesses and homes and see if we can't figure out what it is that the spirit is trying to tell us. We want to acknowledge the spirit. That's our main goal. And then we like to try and help them to cross over if they want to. But if they don't, we try and help the families that are living in their space now to be able to live in a good place with the spirit. And then we're all about helping each other, too, because we all want to learn our gifts and better them and the best we can with what we have. Okay. So, why a lady Ghostbuster? What got you started? Why am I a lady Ghostbuster? Is that your question? Well, what got you started with paranormal investigation? Well, I was a child, probably about 
between the age of the five and seven. I can't really remember exactly when it started. I lived at home in the Bronx with the spirit, and I could see him, and I actually named him, but he terrified me. I didn't want to get my attention. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that he was just trying to get my attention. He didn't mean to. Now, if I could go back, I would tell him I was sorry that I didn't realize that's all he wanted. But as a child, you don't know. You just pray. But now that I do, I can um, communicate with spirit to a certain degree. So I'll use tools like a dowsing rod or a pendulum. I can go into a home and I can tell if it's haunted just by what I call my foofy feeling. I can sense if it's good or if it's angry or bad. And so I take it from there. But that's kind of how it started when I was really, really young. And I was always fascinated by the paranormal. But it really wasn't until my kids were full grown and I took my writing to a different level. And that really when I kept my knee normal and it really just fell into my lap. And I don't feel like that's a coincidence. I feel like I was meant to discover or rediscover, I should say, this ability that I have and go with it now at this stage of my life, as you probably describe it as. Okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Tracy, anything you want to ask? Uh, not currently. I mean, that was that, you know, I, I feel you on the, you know, becoming aware of someone in the house and, you know, mine didn't try to scare me, but I get the, the I, you know, you get the theory, you know, that the feeling behind it, or suddenly there's someone there and you can't, properly, you can't properly feel them. And you can't tell the adult because the adult doesn't see or acknowledge them. Right. See, I so, do find difference in, in people who, raise their children, nurturing them in this sort of thing as opposed to people that don't. I'm not, I don't blame my mom for that or anything, but yeah. he just was never aware of anything like that. And when I would come to her with it, she would just say, oh, honey, it was just a dream. Don't worry, it won't, it'll go away, but it never went away. And I also had premonitions when I was a kid too. And she would, they would come to me in dreams and she would say, it was just a dream. And so at one point I actually had a premonition that was pretty frightening. And again, my mom said it was just a nightmare. Don't worry about it. Um, you have nothing to worry about. And then it came true. And that was even more frightening for me at that age because something I dreamed came true. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of blamed myself and said, wow, I could have done something about it, which is unrealistic. But you tell that yeah. to child. It took me a really long time to get over that. It wasn't until I was uh, 30, the day my dad died, when he came to me and told me that he was gone, that I kind of realized then, wow, you've got something going on and, you know, maybe you should explore it and see if you're meant to do something with this gift. And that's kind of when I really started delving more into figuring out what it was that I could feel and do and see if I could put it to good use, if you know what I mean. And I am a writer and that's my thing. So I've kind of, let the spirits guide me kind of in a way to describe it, you know, tell me what you want me to do kind of thing. And so I feel like I'm on the right track, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Definitely. Better track than guys, me. <laughs> what? Paranormal investigations yourself, you guys? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question, Eleanor? Do you do paranormal investigating, any of you? Well. So, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> That's probably the best answer, yeah. 
we, we so last week was was we got to go to our a uh, uh, house in or a Airbnb in Jackson, California. That I was able to because I I live in a house that my grandparents built that my grandparents are still in even though they passed. I grew up in a house that had two if not three spirits in it that were all friendly, nurturing type things. I work in a in a haunted haunted store that's got costumes and gifts and gags so they, I'm all around them all the time but to walk in there and not know these ones mm-hmm. and to actually get the you know knocking touching it was my first proper like not investigation which is a tour through I would love to go back and do more that reminds and me of- I asked you what the name of the it was Bethany House Oh, I just interviewed her from my my podcast last week. Wow. She was on her podcast last week when too. Said, when you said it was a haunted Airbnb, I was like, it has to be Bethany's. It is. It is. Yeah, we went oh, there and, then, and had and a tour and everything. And... Sorry. It was like six Pretty degrees in. of Bethany here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We 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 interviewed Eleanor last week uh, at, at the house. house. At the house. Elsie. And, Elsie. Or Elsie, sorry. Elsie. Elsie last week. And we got a, a tour. And I got, oh, I uh, looked at my pictures. I have a picture I have to send to you guys and Elsie. Um, that bedroom where she saw, the, they took the picture in the mirror. I took another picture and there's something on the side of the wall between the bed and the wall. Okay. <laughs> I just remembered about the picture. Sorry, guys. But, but I, we, I'm a squirrel. But we interviewed, <laughs> we interviewed Elsie last week, week before we had Ashley and John from 300 podcast. podcast yeah she had gone the week prior to bethany's and the saturday prior yeah <laughs> saturday prior so prior to us being on their so show that house is kind of tying everything in yep. here for us. <laughs> six degrees of separation it's like six degrees of kevin bacon <laughs> something like that so um did you have anything you wanted to ask her no. no. Well, I thought we were talking about her experiences to her, so she well, could hear she asked us. Um, I used to see a lady in my house when I was growing up, and nobody else saw her, and I didn't know who she was until uh, I saw family photos of her when she was younger, when my grandfather and her got married. So she was my grandmother. She never talked or anything like that, but I never felt anything scary about her. It was almost like she was waiting for him to pass a, pass on. I mean, she's been there for years in the house and she never did anything or interfered with anybody or anything, but she was just always there. Mm-hmm. And, huh? Observing and waiting. Yeah. I mean, she was friendly and you know, friendly with me. I was little. I remember I, she passed away, I guess, when I was six months old. So I never remembered meeting her. So, but, um, but she didn't look like the pictures of her when she was older. She looked like her younger self. So. I call that spirit in my home, Uncle Paul. And I did have an Uncle Paul who had died before I was born, and I never met him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that spirit was Uncle Paul or not. And I don't know what led me to refer to him as that as a child, but I just always did. But I was always afraid of him. And really? I think it was because I wasn't – and he, he wasn't frightening at all. He didn't do anything to frighten me. He would just kind of walk from the living room – into my bedroom and come to the end of my bed and stand there and watch me. That's disconcerting to anybody. As an adult, I would have issues with that. (laughs) Not picking on you. I'm just saying that that, that's something an adult would be scared of. I just wish I had been more 
um, receptive to listening because I think if you listen, especially as a child, you can hear. But like I said, I didn't have anybody that was nurturing to that degree. If, if I were one of those parents, like my both my children are very sensitive to spirit. And I try and encourage it, but I tell them not to be afraid of it, although one is and the other isn't. So that's their personal choice, but I want to make sure that I let them know that they don't have to be afraid. And um, if they feel anything negative, there are things that they can do to protect themselves. But I feel like my younger daughter, it's almost like they toy with her. They'll pull her hair, they'll pull her jacket, or they'll make her have sleep paralysis, and that's frightening to somebody who... Oh, yeah doesn't really know what what it's all about you know what i mean yeah poor thing oh yeah well i tell you about my experiences but everybody's heard them i don't really think i should repeat them much but i, I will say that <laughs> that i've had a few experiences in my time um evps when i was a young child after my father passed away um up to seeing a, a spirit in a friend's house and being chased by by a ghost cop <laughs> um, i am what a ghost cop oh cool <laughs> yeah but these are stories we repeat on the podcast several times i can tell you about it <laughs> off air if you want but, but i'm not going to repeat them right now <laughs> let's not bore the listeners they, yeah. they're here to listen to her and, exactly yep. <laughs> but i mean all that's got 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 gave me the paranormal bug and that's why we started things like the podcast um, Adrian and myself, we are part of a ghost hunting team, team called Sacramento Valley Paranormal Society, uh, which is headed up by my brother, Mike. Um, unfortunately, my time constraints due to my job and everything is prevented, him and him as well at this point, it's prevented us from doing anything recently. So it's hard. It's hard to juggle a bunch of stuff and, and try and do that in life. I mean, I know that now that I'm getting older and I have more time, I feel like I'm able to dedicate more time to it than I would have from a growing up. But that was kind of like what I said to you before about I don't feel like anything's a coincidence. I mean, I, I had my children, I raised them, and now they're independent and on their own. I finally found the time to actually publish my books. And uh, it led to a whole new career over 50. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm doing paranormal investigations now pretty regularly with the group. And I find that I'm having people People reach out to me all the time about their homes or their businesses and say, I've got something going on. I would love it if you came. And it always leads to another chapter in one of the books. And so I feel like even though I, I love to write psychological thrillers and children's books, I feel like I'm being pulled in the direction of writing these true account haunting. And people are really receiving them well. So the, if they want me to keep writing them, I'm going to just do that, you know. So is it your Makes reputation sense. as a writer that's helped you with the paranormal investigations, or is it the other way around? I'm sorry, what was the question? Is it your reputation as a writer that's got you into the investigations, uh, you know, as far as your popularity as a writer, or is it the other way around? It's actually the, the writing. The people who, who read my books know, oh, she's, she's written the Sussex County Haunting series. I'm always known for the Sussex County Haunting series, although I've written other books. And when they hear about that, they come to me with their personal accounts and say, I have this going on. Can you look at this video or can you listen to this audio or can you look at this photograph and you think it's normal? And usually it ends up leading to an investigation home or the business. And I like that because um, I love to hear people's stories and I love to tell them for them. 
but I also love to follow it up with personal experiences if I'm able and that helps to have the go in. Awesome. That just means I'm going to start writing my book. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I it, do it, do it. Yeah. I, pu I published a couple of short stories, but I've never finished my book. So that's something to work on anyway. <laughs> so, um, how hard is it for uh, initially? How hard was it initially for you to actually get into the paranormal investigation? Was it hard to find locations or get into? Not at all. When you put your mind to it, you know you, it, it's pretty easy. You just start making phone calls. But um, the writing of the books really was a huge help because people started to follow my books and enjoy reading the stories. That if they felt like. They had something that they were experiencing and weren't afraid to come out and talk about it. And I think that uh, has a lot to do with it. I mean, 10 or 15 years ago, people weren't as easily open about this sort of thing because they were being afraid of, of being ridiculed. And now it's more openly accepted. If they experience something like this, they're not considered crazy. Yeah. And hearing it from writing books about it, they know... If they're crazy, I'm crazy. <laughs> so let's be crazy together. Yeah. Well, I think a lot, a lot of, of it, us out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that um, people have been inundated with these, these ghost hunting shows and things on television. So they all, they've all become kind of enamored of, of, of ghost hunting. So I think that's helped with the field of paranormal yeah. investigation. Except, I can't I stand this. And when I was writing the... And then, I'm sorry. You sorry, cut you out. cut out there, Eleanor. <laughs> when I first started writing the books, it was supposed to be just ghostly accounts, and then I ended up getting people coming to me with stories about Bigfoot and UFOs in the general area where, where I live. Mm -hmm. And after listening to all of these stories, they were so fascinating. I thought, well, how am I going to get them into a book about ghosts? So, where the book was supposed to just called Sussex County Hauntings, I added the other strange phenomena categories. And so it enabled me to put those Bigfoot and UFO stories into other chapters. And I'm really glad that I did that because when I was writing the following books thereafter, mm -hmm. the other strange phenomena chapters became a way of me opening up a window of opportunity to talk about other things. So in the second book I wrote about stories people told me about when they were with their loved ones at their time of death, which are very poignant and, and faith-based stories. And then I wrote about uh, when people get visits from their deceased loved ones, those are not really ghostly visits. They're considered spiritual visits from your loved one. And they are so touching and people love to hear them and they love to have that understanding that their deceased loved ones are always with them and make those visits. And then when I was writing the third book, I wrote about near-death experiences, when people die and they come back, and how those um, those events affected their lives and changed them in ways they had never believed it could. And now with the new book we have coming out Halloween, part three, I will be talking about reincarnation, but I'll also be talking about ghost stories around other parts of New Jersey, ghost stories in other parts of the country and ghost stories around the world. So that really 
broadens the topic for people who like ghost stories. <laughs> so how much awesome. of your how much of your books are based off of personal experience versus research? Um, the first and second book really have a lot of my own personal experiences from when I was growing up and how uh, it fared for me on my journey. And then onward, it's kind of like when the Lady Ghost versus Broad Paranormal, Paranormal Investigations, those personal experiences that put into the newest stories. Because at that point, everyone's heard everything there is to know about my past up until the present. And from this point on, really, my paranormal experiences are going to involve my group and I when we go on investigations. Okay. Well, then maybe we should start talking about a couple of those investigations. Would you, are you sure. willing to tell us a few stories? Sure. Okay. Well, what would you like me to start with? Uh, anything you want. Maybe, maybe uh, let's start with uh, your most memorable uh, experience. Okay. Well, I, I have to say the very first investigation that found when I founded Lady Ghostbuster was that investigation I spoke about a little earlier when president of the Sterling Hill Mines invited us in for an investigation. And remember I told you I had to scramble together and put together a team and we went and did that investigation. Being in a mine under the ground for six hours is pretty amazing. And we were able to investigate the outer buildings that they have, which were just as old as the mine. But it was really, really um, active. I'm sure you've had that experience with Bethany, so you kind of know when you go into paranormal investigation, it can sometimes be quite boring because it's different hours and nothing can happen. But when you go into a place that's really active, and then you have all these um, sensitive minded, uh, gifted people with you, it's old. And on that particular investigation in the month, we know so much. And then leave it. It was like, I, I'm astounded by how much is going on over there and um, because I'm the author and I interview people prior with investigation I'm privy to information that the rest of my team members are not so I won't fill them in on what I already know because we want to corroborate what I do already know with experiences they may have and this way nobody can, can say that I spoon fed them anything before an investigation mm -hmm. so We'll go into something and I'll know stuff ahead of time, but they won't. And it's really wonderful when you can say, oh, I can hit it on. You hit the nail on the head. You've got exactly what's going on here. This is what I've been told before kind of thing. So when we go into an investigation, everybody that we're there on this investigation is going to end up being in one of my books. So are aware that the reason we're on this investigation to begin with is because I'm a writer and I'm writing about it in my book. So everybody knows that if they take any photographs or videos or get any audio, they're going to share it with me because it's going to be part of that book that I'm writing. And so when we were in the mines, everybody had their phone cameras and videos going the whole night. And at one point, we had this incident happen where one of the members that was moving around in a chamber was having a communication with the spirit and it was producing this like ectoplasmic foggy mist 
in the camera. And before long, we all realized that it was responding to her questions. And uh, I want to say she was kind of like, to do it again. Uh, can you do that again so I can get it on camera? And the smoke would reappear and it would be so obvious and then it would go away. And then she'd say, can you do it again? And it would happen again. And we were all so intrigued, we all gathered around to watch this unfold. And so everybody was getting it from a different angle on their camera. And by the end of the night, when everybody started uh, handing me over their footage of one thing or another, I decided to take the best footage that I thought was from the best angle on that misty event and send it into Paranormal Court on camera. And they liked it so much they did a feature of us on their show. <clears throat> so awesome. I thought that, that was probably by far the, the most intriguing, exciting thing to happen to us as far as an in, in, um, investigative, uh, evidentiary kind of thing. <clears throat> but we did have many other experiences afterwards that I felt that were just as um, mind-boggling with things that we unearthed and have kind of like gathered them up in a file. And I do put them on my website because when I finally do end up writing about each individual account in the books, I know the readers like to be able to see what it is that they've read about. So I do put a lot of photographs in my books, <clears throat> but I do end up putting them onto my website, authorellanowagner.com, and I have them categorized under galleries per book. So if somebody has read book one and they want to be able to watch the video from Paranormal Quad on Camera, they can go to that gallery and all of the pictures pop up and all the evidence and the audios and the videos and they can just go through them at their leisure to actually see what it is that they read about or listen to what it is that they read about. And that, and that received um, uh, that. People have received that very well. They, they enjoy doing that. So, okay. I like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea a lot. Of if I've read this, now I can see it, and I can yeah. see a video of it, not just see a picture in a book. That's been yeah, that's right. awesome. The processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. Okay, so. Talking about your 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 group again, um, you're talking about how they're all kind of sensitives, mediums. A lot of them come with a lot of them come to the group with a lot of uh, ability. Would that be correct to say? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a few here and there that just enjoy the paranormal, but really, when it comes down to people asking for help, I really like it when members of the team are sensitive to some degree because when we're all together and we combine our gifts we're able to get those answers and the help that those people and those spirits need so although I've had one or two members that have just kind of come along to take notes and that sort of thing the rest of the team are all sensitive to one degree or another mm -hmm. cool so you mentioned the one case um, when you're, when you're investigating, um, and something does happen, 
what is the group's general reaction to it? Is there well, everybody has a certain gift um, that they offer to the group, whether it be they're able to see or hear or feel. And so when it's almost like I, I liken it to everyone having a piece of the puzzle. And when you have that positive energy generating all in one group, it's as if those people puzzle come together. And that's how we're able to get responses and answers and exactly what spirit say so that we can relate the homeowner or the business owner and get them on the same. Okay. So when when you uh, do an investigation for a business or a homeowner, are they generally looking to find out if the place is haunted? And if so, are they looking to get rid of the spirit? 99% of the time, it's that they want to just know how they can deal with the spirit. Okay. They, people these days are really not looking to get rid of the spirit. I'm not going to say not everybody is. There are people that do want us to get rid of the spirit if we're able to, but not generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And um, as investigators, we do try and encourage spirit to go into the light because we explain to them that if you go into the light, you can come back and visit anytime you want. But if you don't go into the light, you're stuck here. And you may not see somebody else who's able to help you get into that light. Mm -hmm. So... We do try and encourage them to go online, and we do have many that don't want to. And in that case, you got to try and uh, explain to the homeowner how they can acknowledge the spirit, so that it's a happy experience for everybody, and not one where the spirit gets frustrated and starts being mischievous or creating issues around the house because they're trying to get their attention, mm -hmm. which does happen. <laughs> awesome. So. Anybody ever expect you to show up wearing proton packs and things like that? <laughs> it did have one one case that we went to where I knew, like I said to you prior to going in, that the family had been experiencing some not so nice things. The spirit was trying to make people, trying to push people down the stairs, and then there was uh, the grandson was afraid to go into the basement because he said the man was going up that kind of thing and that's that's not really pleasant to live with so when we went in for this investigation she was getting ready to rent the home out to a young family with a five-year-old daughter and she was really worried that somebody might get hurt so she had us come in to see if we could figure out and communicate with spirit and explain what was going on and it was a mean spirit he was angry and he did try and push down members of my team and they did see a visual of a man beating somebody senseless in the basement. So it, it wasn't a really good experience. <clears throat> so we had one of the team members who knows how to cleanse houses, clean it of the spirit and lock him out so that he wouldn't come into the home. And um, when we checked back months later, all was good and the family wasn't experiencing anything so <clears throat> it was it was worth the effort for all to have done it that way you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's funny like getting involved in this it, I, it just it just led from one thing that led to another i mean started writing the books didn't expect to go on investigations i knew i was founding a, a ghost busting team and then 
Um, somebody put the, the seed in my head and said, you should start your own podcast. And so I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I will. So I did. I ran with Eleanor Wagner Strange in Scary World and got picked up by the Paranormal UK Radio Network. And then um, out of the blue, Coast to Coast approached me and asked if I wanted to do a live show. So I started a live show this past April. And I feel like I'm... <laughs> I gotta learn about time management because I'm juggling all these different things. I'm still trying to find time to write the books because I I have these people that are asking me when's the new book coming out, and my goal is always to get it out by Halloween. That's been my goal. Halloween is my goal to get the book out by, and if I can get another one out by Cinco de Mayo, Day of the Dead, then I'm good. But if I can't, I push it off to Halloween. That's my goal. And so far, I've been hoping it up to that end of the deal, but sometimes it gets pretty tough to do all the investigations and stay um, ahead with my podcasting and the interviews and the interviews for the books and the editing of the podcast. I mean, you guys know. I mean, I don't know whether it's good to have a live show or a pre-recorded show. Like the Paranormal UK show is pre-recorded, which is great because I have time to there, but when it comes to the editing, it takes me like six hours to edit it the way I wanted to. And then with the live show, it's great, but you, you got to be ready in a pinch. You got to have a script. You got to be ready with your techie guy. And if you have errors, there's there's no way around it. It's like tough. If you you, you screw up on air, you got to get just kind of deal with it and see how you can fix it and make it okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just is what it is, but um. I'm managing to do it at this point. It, it just gets tough at times. Everybody wants me in, in September and October because I'm the haunted lady. It's like, oh, <laughs> she writes so fun books. So I, I can't tell you. I am so booked in September and October. It's like, mm-hmm. spread me out through the rest of the year and I'll be fine. But everybody wants me in September and You'd October. You'd take her any time, of the day, any time of the year. Yes, you would. Unfortunately, yeah. when I talked to her, she was already booked. <laughs> It did take. It did. It, we had to go a few weeks um, into September just to get her on. So, but we yeah. would have done it any time of the year. That's yeah. the thing. We do. We do this kind of stuff all year round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's like the parent. Well, with me too. The strange and scary world. I kind of do everything strange and scary. But with the um, the live show, it's paranormal too. So, I do that all year mm-hmm. myself. So I know, I know what you mean. But all these other podcasts, they're trying to get the Halloween shows in, so they'll get you for October. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we've done we've done yeah. a few Halloween episodes, and I've actually found that they're not as good as some of the others that we do. Mm. Which I, I I have no explanation for, <laughs> personally. Mm. But um, so so you get a you get a, a big turnaround come Halloween then on your on your shows. I do. I do. I feel like it, I, everybody gets in the mood. It's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, at Christmas time, everybody gets into the Christmas mood. We're all watching those Christmas shows. And, I mean, I do have people that watch and follow all year round, but Halloween seems to be the time that they autumn and the fall and that kind of thing, when everything picks up. I'm not complaining, mind you, but <laughs> I feel like I'm getting pulled from all ends, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're wearing a lot of hats, so that probably has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. <laughs> so just just a few hats. Yeah. So in addition to your paranormal books, you also have a a, a thrill a teen thriller. Is that correct? It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was the first. 
that I wrote before I started writing the Drew Cap Haunting. And mm-hmm. that's what I loved to write as a, as a young writer. I was, I followed as a teenager, uh, Dean Koontz and John Saul and Stephen King. Those were the authors that inspired me. And so when I wrote that first book, I used those as my inspiration. And I was in the middle of writing the second one when my was diverted through camp one. And it took off, and it, I, that's where I've been focusing. Really, I'm still writing my psychological thrill. I'm still working on that second one. Mm-hmm. Hoping to get it done by next year, but having these, um, these time and these goals to meet with the hauntings books is kind of putting the other on the back burner for the time being. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it can be pretty daunting, I know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I I can't complain. You you actually are a lot more prolific than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, no, that's that's great that you're, that you're doing that. And then you have the children's books also. Yes, I'm hoping to have that out by, uh, by Christmas of this year. I actually spoke to the illustrator uh, today. Her, <laughs> done because I'm just like, I've been waiting forever. It's really hard to get illustrators and artists move unless they're inspired and mm-hmm. then it gets in the way when they're, they're young artists it's even harder when they're in schools and that's what she is she's a college student and she's a wonderful artist and i'm really excited that she took the journey with me to write the children's um to illustrate the, the, the children's book that i wrote and i'm excited that she says she wants to stay with me for the series because that was what it was all about i wanted to get an illustrator that would stay and create those characters and stay with me on the journey of each book. But it's it's really been a long wait with this children's book. It was first with the, originally with a publisher, and they sat on it, and it was frustrating for me, so I finally pulled away from the publisher and did it on my own. And so it's probably been five years since I originally wrote that series, and we're only on book one illustrating it, right? So just more after that. So I'm really hoping that... Janine Bean meets Mavis the Caramel will come out for Christmas, and I hope that maybe we can keep a schedule where we can do one a year, and then I'll be happy. Great. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, got you, do you have another story you'd like to tell us? Sure, if you want me to. I, uh, I could be here all night with that. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I told you people reach out to me all the time with Stuff that's going on in their homes and residences and I got this email from this young woman who is a single mom with two children and she had purchased an old church and she was going to turn it into her home and she was going to use the front portion of it and open separate like a little uh, spiritual sort of shop I don't, I don't know exactly what her her um, vibe was on that, it never came to fruition but that was what she she sends me this email with a video attachment and said I think this is something paranormal you know we're really sensitive my kids are sensitive and really do think that there's going on in this church that is home but I have this video footage from our security camera if you can look at it and tell me what you think and I, I look at it and it's the biggest interactive orb I've ever seen in my life and I was like, oh, my God. And she immediately says, 
you guys want to come in for an investigation? And we jumped at the chance. And we actually had been back there three times because it was so phenomenal. And, uh, we actually unearthed that there was a, a church who found out that the pastor of the church was taking funds and pocketing them. And when he told about it, he was turned around and blamed for it, and now he, in spirit, wanted his name cleared. And he actually had directed our team to a place where there was a hidden box where supposedly this pastor would put the from the first, which was really interesting that we were able to find this box and we were able to clear his name and feel well in the light. But we were eventually scouted by director at one point who was thinking about doing a Lady Ghostbusters show with the real paranormal team and he asked them to do a show in a location that we thought was very could we do it at this church and it was really really cool because we had the opportunity to do this sizzle reel with him, his camera crew and we recreated what we had unearthed on our prior investigations there. And I honestly think that the cameraman kind of thought it was all like poo-poo farce. Like he wasn't expecting anything to happen. And uh, while we were there, stuff was happening. And then when he was editing the footage from the sizzle reel, he actually got some EVPs on it. <laughs> and he came back, oh my God, like I can't believe I was editing and I heard this stuff while you guys were there. And it was just like, yeah, well, welcome to our world. <laughs> you know, we go through this all the time. <laughs> so it was kind of cool awesome. that we, we kind of turned this disbeliever into a believer, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at that same investigation, the, the kids were seeing spirits and they were seeing children's spirits too. And it apparently the church had been... Um, kind of like a hospital, a makeshift hospital during the Spanish flu. And obviously people didn't survive. And when it was the winter months, they had to just bury them. And she was under the assumption that some of these people were buried in the dirt floor of the basement. Obviously, unless you dig up the dirt floor, you're not going to know. But she felt that they buried a lot of the dead below. Yeah. uh, At one point, uh, her daughter was seeing an elderly guy. And as I mentioned, she knew that the woman herself was pretty sensitive and she kind of thought it might be her grandfather. So she um, got a picture of her grandfather and a, a, a bunch of pictures of other men. And she kind of put them in, in like a, like, kind of like a photo layout that you would get if you were in a police station. You know, sit here and look at these pictures and tell me if anyone in these pictures is who, who you see in your room. Yeah. You're the daughter ended up picking out the man that was her grandfather that she thought might be visiting her daughter. And so she picked him out of a lineup, so to speak. And she was able to explain to her daughter that this is your great grandpa and you don't have to be afraid of him. He's here just watching over you and checking for you okay. So it was kind of it was kind of cool because it was this menagerie of spirits and some of them included her deceased loved ones, which is always a nice thing. You don't have to be afraid of that. That's good. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adrian, you got anything? 
No. Okay. Tracy, you got anything else? <laughs> you, you you told us that that you know the cave was was one of your most amazing spots. What is another like case or story? What what's something else that like sparked you to get even more involved? Well, I every time we're offered an investigation, it's it's sparks up that interest because I don't like to say no to any kind of investigation. And every investigation proffers its own ingenuity, you know what I mean? And, and um, exciting, it's some sort of thing that is going to get you excited that something's going to happen. Like yeah. there's a place called Waterloo Village that's in Sussex County, and it's an entire Victorian town that's empty. It's, it's now a state park, but it was once a town. And you know how things in the industrial world shift and... Uh, train stations close and, and things get shut down. I mean, you hear about, um, you know, people digging for gold and, and, and the town is growing because they're digging for gold. And once it's all gone, and the, the town is a ghost town, kind of like that kind of thing. And uh, this whole town is full of unoccupied Victorian homes that were once lived in with families back in the day and it's extremely active and extremely haunted and every time we go there we, we feel or sense or pick up something or get some sort of evidence in the middle of the day outside it doesn't matter it's just that active and it's like a treat to go because i mean i just love the history and i love to see the, the beautiful old buildings and then to have them wanted just is an added incentive <laughs> you know what i mean it's like uh, you go in there and you're going to enjoy the scenery and all of that but you still get to feel the spirits do that investigating any time of day so that makes it fun so it really it really doesn't matter what it is i, I go with an open mind and listen to the people who are inviting us in and take that all in and kind of expect the unexpected because you know sometimes we'll go in just trying to see what's going on and thinking that it's just going to be ghostly spirits and then a lot of the time we'll get deceased family members coming through that are trying to get messages to their loved ones or just let them know that they're there which is kind of cool too mm -hmm. how that happens a lot and it does it happens a lot you know right so let me ask: When you when you've done your investigations, have you ever come across an entity that you might classify as non-human? Yeah, we did, um, and I want to. I, I think I think it was actually Elsie Lottie who was explaining to me. Um, she called it something, and I it never had a name to it. Um, it's like a nature something or other. She used a term for it, and I can't remember. The elemental. Elemental. That's it. Yeah. I never, I never had a term to describe it. And then when she and I were talking, the way she was describing it was like, "Damn, that's what we had at this one woman's house." Like we went into this old Victorian. They definitely were experiencing stuff, and um, there was definitely an elderly spirit there that this elemental would not let speak. But at the time, I didn't know it was considered an elemental. But it was, it was trying to present itself as a human boy. But we all knew it was not a human boy. Like there was, just, it was almost like an alien trying to be a human. Like you did, you look at them, you know that there's something off. There's something not right. That this is not a real boy. 
And when she and, she and I were talking about it, the way she explained it, she was saying elemental. I'm like, that's exactly what it was. No doubt in my mind it was an elemental. And it was crazy because I'd never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to laugh for a second there. You said he's not, that the elemental wasn't a real boy. And Adri's mind went right to Pinocchio and she started doing the whole long nose thing. You know, <laughs> It lied to you. Its nose grew. <laughs> I'm taking it seriously. It was just the one thing that popped yeah, into my yeah. head. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sometimes the mind just goes places, you know. Weird places in my case. <laughs> so that's cool. The joys of having people that are ADD around here. <laughs> Squirrel! This is, this is true. So, how about animal spirits? I love animal spirits. I We were at uh, Burnbury Mansion in August, which is in Glens Bay, New York, and it's also a very active building and I had organized an investigation for paranormal groups that wanted to come and people that just wanted to have the experience. There was 17 of them there in this enormous meeting. And I was staying in a room with two of my Lady Ghostbusters members, Margaret and um, Nicole. And we were in the we were in the suite that was Margaret's sweet. The woman's name was Margaret. She was the head of the household. And um, we had a lot of stuff going on in that room that night. But I was awakened in the early morning hours to a cat jumping on the bed and then off the bed. And I thought it was the homeowner's cat. And I get up to go looking for the cat and say, come here, come here, because I wanted to cuddle with the cat. And I turned around and my door was closed. And I'm going, hmm, this is a ghost cat. It's not a real cat. <laughs> but it still didn't matter. I wanted to cuddle with the cat, but it didn't come back. But I, apparently it was a ghost cat. When I brought it up at breakfast, they had said, oh, so you got to experience the ghost cat. Yeah, a lot of people get to experience the ghost cat. <laughs> but yeah, I was awakened by a ghost cat. <laughs> but That's I do the, um, we had an investigation in the old Sussex Inn, which is early American Tavern now, but the main restaurant used to be the actual barn, where they, the stables, where they would bring the horses when people stayed in town, and uh, we got horse whinnies on our EVP, which were really neat. Uh, when, when we get that kind of stuff, I, I love to have that. I love it. That's cool. And there were no other horses in the area that you know of, right? No, we were in the middle of town. It, you know, there's there's no, it was, it's an active town. I'm talking about in the 1800s when that building was there. The stables were at the bottom of the building where the restaurant is now. They actually stole a portion of that original stable in the building and they walked us back there to show us yeah this is part of the original stable i was like wow that's really cool and we ended up getting these horsemen on the avp which clearly were ghost horses because there were no horses anywhere okay. that's awesome that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome so and what you know what we did an investigation at rockport train records the site of a uh, a terrible accident back in 1925 and the locomotive was um derailed when a rainstorm took out the tracks and subsequently killed all these people that's in the active there as well. And while we were there, we got 
MVP of a locomotive. I mean, I mean, we're standing there and we don't know any of this happening and listen to it, but you actually hear and you hear the of the whistle of these, this locomotive that's, that's awesome. residual energy, which was really, really interesting. Is there a legend behind that? No, no legend. It's an actual, it's an actual accident. It's an actual sight of a, a Okay. So we went there because we knew it was a site that graduated deaths and wanted to be and have been very like. I'm sorry, Eleanor. Can you repeat what you just said there? You broke up a little bit. <laughs> just put that again. Yeah. Um, it, you pick it up from. Uh, just describing the, the, the accident and everything. It's, it's the site of a very tragic accident. Because of that, we decided to do an investigation to see if we could pick up on it and up being a very active site. Okay. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So before we go, Eleanor, uh, you know, we don't want to keep you too long tonight, but before we go, I wanted to ask you if somebody wanted to do an investigation, how would they contact you? Oh, my email is author Eleanor Wagner at gmail.com. So that's A U T H O R E L E A N O R W A G N E R at gmail.com. Reach out to me that way or go to my website, author Eleanor Wagner.com. There's a link there to reach out to me. And uh, yeah, I'm always looking for an investigation and I'm always looking for a good ghost story. So if you've got a ghost story, doesn't matter where it is, reach out to me and share it with me. I'd end up in one of my books. Okay. And if somebody wanted to purchase your books, where would they go? Same place, author eleanorwagner.com will send you to all the links. You can get signed copies directly through me, or you can get them at Amazon or through eBay. Several ways to get them. Awesome. Cool. Well, anybody else they want to say before we let her go? Um if you like Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. If you like to listen to podcasts, tune in to Eleanor Rector's Strange and Scary World on the Paranormal UK radio network or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like listening to live shows, check out Coast to Coast, uh, Eleanor Rector's Creeping It Real, which is right through my YouTube, Eleanor Wack. Great. Okay. So in other words, I have a lot of websites to go add to my collection of things to watch and listen to. And a couple okay. more books to buy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely be hitting you up for a signed copier in the future, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. I'm going to be hitting you guys up to come on my live show. I am, I'm set for the year, but when I start to get my new calendar, I'm going to reach out to you for you and your paranormal team. I want to do my live show. Awesome. You pencil us in. We're happy to be there. Thank you. Okay. Well, until that time, Eleanor, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank and, you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Happy haunting, guys. Same to Happy you. Happy hauntings. Happy hauntings. <laughs> right back at you. Stay spooky. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you and good night. So what did you ladies think of that interview? I don't know. I how, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I just don't know how she finds the time to do everything she does. 
Yeah. She's wearing a lot of hats, that's She's for sure. She's doing a lot. I'm, I'm, I, I thought I did a lot, but she does a lot more. Yeah. She needs uh, uh, to wear the the, uh, the red and gold and have the tiara of Wonder Woman because she does it all. <laughs> yeah, she's... She she did our show like a trooper. I, I have to I have to admit I struggled tonight a little bit. Uh huh. Um, and I don't know why. Uh huh. I don't know either. Like I like I was saying to Tracy, when we were off the air, uh, I think it had more to do with the, the gap between actually talking to her about you know about setting up the interview to tonight because that was a month span. So. You know, yeah. not having talked for that period of time, it wasn't, I, I never got the chance to get to know Eleanor the person bio. And I've done, and, and with other people, that's been something I've been able to do. I just wasn't able to do it in this case. And She's for that. She's a busy, busy person. Yeah. So. But yeah, so Eleanor, I apologize if it kind of, if the interview was kind of meh, meh, yeah, but. We did we did the best we could and uh, I was glad to have you on and perhaps we can have her back when she's not in her busy season. I'd love to have the whole team back yeah. actually. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'm gonna put that out there, Eleanor, if you're listening to the podcast, because I am gonna send you a link. We'd like to interview you again with your team. If they're up for it. If they're up for it. They're up for it. As many of your team members who would like to join us. And we can sit down and have a bull session and talk about your adventures as the Lady Ghostbusters. Sounds like and, and hopefully not have the audio clip out as much as it was trying to tonight. Yep, and I'm sorry, Tracy, you weren't anywhere near the microphone. I hope people could hear you. <laughs> I fixed it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. But yeah, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that you know, people understand that we're, that we're having audio food because that's what happens. Yeah, there was a lot well, of audio food. From the get-go, and I think it was interference maybe through well it's one thing i've noticed with with using messenger when yeah. we, when we do, I'd, I'd like to get away from that i'm 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 hoping cost though so. i'm hoping that i can get the voice recorder app that i installed working because we were able to do that through the computer only and that eliminated a lot of hassles the messenger app every once in a while it seems to bug and not yeah and it's usually the further away the person is from us the worse the internet connection is. Well, it's, even even more so is the fact that when they're talking, if you say something, it seems to cut feedback. them off it, then because it's of feedback. the feedback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we did the best we could, and my dinner's ready. So uh, I think it's time to. to I think it's yeah. I think it's time to call this to an end. Oh, you broke me again! Damn. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's call it a night here. We hope you folks enjoyed the podcast as always. Uh, this is Kent and Adriana and Tracy. Yes, bidding you a good night, everybody. Stay, uh, stay tuned for our next week's episode, and until then, stay spooky and cue, cue the, gremlin. the gremlin. Oh, you missed the cue. What do you mean I missed the cue? I you did it with you. Said, you no, said you it did, last. You said it after us. All right, Gremlin. Okay, Gremlin, you're on.
What in the Podcast is a part of the What in the Podcast network and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other great podcast formats. You can find us on Facebook at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. If you have a great story idea or have a personal paranormal event that you want to share with us, email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com with your story, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us five stars. It doesn't seem like much, but it helps us more than you can imagine. What in the Podcast is also made possible thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. Thanks for listening.